It doesn't matter that you are not the most successful person in the room. You do have something to offer. You have every right to be there and want to gain some benefit from being in that meeting, being in that boardroom, being at that networking event. Do you ever reflect on what your unique gifts and talents are? It's rare as women to take a moment to think of ourselves in this way. But what would happen if we made an effort to dig into what our gifts are and how we could get more enjoyment, growth and fulfilment from them in our everyday life? This is Topmast, the podcast for women in the middle of their personal and professional journey, who value continuous learning and growth and who want to dedicate time to understand themselves better. This is a space for us to collectively dive deep and witness our true talents, to feel seen by a community of women on a similar journey, and to celebrate and understand our gifts no matter where we are in life. My name is Beck Newman. I'm a creative director living and working in London. In each episode of Topmast, I'll be in conversation with different people who identify as women about what they believe to be their greatest gifts in life. We'll unpack how each woman discovered these gifts, how she nurtures them, and how they manifest in her professional and personal lives. The women I speak to are so generous with sharing their journeys, and all of them are uncovering some brilliant insights, no matter how old they are, where they come from, where they work, or where their passions lie. I hope that in listening to these conversations, you feel invited to reflect on what your own gifts are. Because I believe that once we acknowledge and nurture our unique gifts, we can find an ongoing sense of fulfillment, wonder and purpose in our lives. My guest today is an extra special one because this time I am chatting with my mum, Lisa. As I've gotten older, I have admired more and more how she often inspires other women in her life, not just myself and my sister. So I am super excited to bring her wisdom to the podcast. In our discussion, we talk about her gifts of connecting people and making space for them to be creative with their ideas. We also talk about why it's so important as women to give ourselves permission and to stop guilt from holding us back. I want to know, how would you define what a gift is? Oh, a gift is um, a talent that's useful for yourself and for others in sort of, you know, in in life in general, work in general, but something of use and meaning. It has to have some sort of value to others as well. You know, value to something that's of value to me, and could be of value to others. So that could be a gift in doing some sort of talent, uh, but, um, you know, something that you have that not everybody else has the ability to do or to sense. Okay. So so is part of that sort of definition that, like, a gift is something that is unique to the person that has it? Yes, fairly unique. I'm sure there are gifts that people have that, you know, others out there would have as well, but um, it's not as common. And so if someone says you're gifted, it's usually that it is something that's uncommon. So have you always thought of that definition for gifts in that way or has it changed over time? Is it something that you're conscious of? If I think about it, when I thought of someone having a gift in my youth, in my young adulthood, I would have thought that to be something that was a talent. You know, um, they're an artist or they can speak multiple languages or, or um, you know, they're, they're, they're just really great at something in their job that others can't necessarily do. Then as time went on, um, 
I saw it as, you know, as you, as you mature, I saw it as um, things that were quite different, um, not necessarily thinking being a great performer is necessarily what I would class as a gift, being incredibly intuitive um, or being incredibly empathetic, um, things like that, I, I would probably see as more valuable gifts mm -hmm. as opposed to something that you've just worked really hard at learning. Mm -hmm. So things that, um, ha that you've been able to develop. Say, you know, um, take nursing. Mm -hmm. um, you'd think someone who could calculate formula or, you know, read results or things like that is, you know, have has gifts. You know, oh, they're a really good nurse. They're really gifted. Whereas mm -hmm. as time progressed, nurses who have this ability to sense something is wrong um mm. they pick up on such slight cues in a patient that other people are too caught up in the the um the the, the workings of a ward or a hospital or something they don't pick up on those and that I think is where you sort of go, well, that's that's a nurse with a true gift. So in that sense, is it something that people you think people can develop or is it something that they just inherently maybe they were born with, or do you think it's a bit of both? I think it's I think it's a bit of both. I think you develop it. A lot of gifts come from really being in tune with others i think you know you could be a great dancer on the stage mm -hmm. you could be fabulous but you have to connect with an audience or you could be a great singer you could have an amazing voice but you don't bring people to tears when you sing another singer brings goosebumps and brings you to tears and they may not be as technically sort of fantastic but mm. they have this gift of connection so so i think um in that way uh it, it can be developed but you actually have to be someone who's very open to that development and someone who's really in tune with you know the environment in tune with other people and those sorts of things there are people who are technically amazing but they don't have that connection. It could even be in business. You could have studied and done masters and done all sorts of things, but if you don't have that something special, you don't see the amazing opportunities in front of you, or you don't see the amazing colleague and your colleague's gifts and think, how can that work really well with mine and with the team and things like that? So there are a lot of people who've done PhDs and all sorts of things, but they may not be able to manage a team because they're just not connected. They don't have that, that um, something special to be a leader. So, you know, I think it's things that you develop over life because you're open to realizing that talent or that ability is actually just as important as knowing everything in that book yeah i love that so before we sat down to record i got you to put together a little list of three things that you consider to be some of your great gifts in life how did you approach that exercise of having to think about your gifts i thought well what what do i do that's useful to others mm -hmm. what do i do that has had some benefit to others in the past 
and that they've been really, really grateful for. And I suppose that's and and that's that's how it came up. And I didn't spend too much time thinking on it. I just thought, well, what comes back to me? Because a lot of the time, the gifts that you have, something's returned to you as well. Have you ever sort of sat and reflected on your gifts in that kind of way before? No, it was pretty much the first time I actually had to sit down and and really think about it because I think un- unless someone actually forces you to sit down and do it, a lot of people are unaware that they didn't got a gift. And is that a good thing or a bad thing, do you think? Oh, pros and cons. Um, you don't want to be someone that walks around thinking, you know, I'm just fabulous because I think if you walk around thinking I am just amazing, some that that detracts from the gift. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think um, I think thinking about it um, actually does help you think. Okay, well, yeah, I acknowledge that I'm actually pretty good at that, and ha- acknowledging that, how can I? how can I um, use it to more benefit? Not mm-hmm. necessarily always to myself, but to others as well. Mm-hmm. And how can I, how can I grow its benefit? I guess, so hearing that and kind of hearing your definition of what a gift is, is it almost like if you've got like a talent for something, what elevates it to a gift is that it doesn't just benefit you anymore. It actually benefits other people. But actually to take that a step further as well, not only is it is what you're describing, you know, a gift benefiting other people, but it's also creating connection with other people. What are your thoughts on that? I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, developing on from what, we were talking about before um i i don't necessarily know if um gifts can be taught but they can be learned okay that's interesting what do you mean by that well i can't just go and teach someone how to be intuitive or you know i can't if i'm intuitive this i can't teach someone i can say look this is what I would advise you to try and develop within yourself, start sort of, you know, really taking in more than just what someone is saying, take in how they're saying it, try and take in um, the mood or the the tone or, or something. You can say that to someone. That doesn't mean that they can actually do it. Mm. So it, I, I don't think it's something that can be, caught but you can encourage people to see if they can find it in themselves Mm -hmm. and and from the point of view of well what's a gift if it doesn't benefit anybody in some way and and I don't think necessarily it's a gift if it only benefits you so what's mm-hmm. the use in being an, an incredible artist if you will never show your works to others and let them absorb what it is that you saw? What's the use in being great at business if it is only to benefit yourself? What's the use in being a great leader if you don't find an opportunity to lead in some way? Mm. And that and being a great leader or having great in, intuition or um, abilities to help other people connect and, and work out relationships and all that sort of thing. What's the use in being able to do that if you don't if you if you if you don't actually act upon it? Well the the first sort of thing that you've listed as one of your gifts is in fact facilitating introductions useful introductions and connections for other people can you describe to me what you mean by that what what's that gift i love uh, meeting people who are in startups i love 
um, you know, the problem solvers of this world. Mm-hmm. I love meeting them and I love hearing how they've, um, you know, grown a concept. Um, recently, okay, an example of these situations is that I know someone who's um, in waste management. I met someone who was a startup and they were, they had a great device for um, measuring what was needed in soil or measuring, um, you know, what things were in abundance in the soil, what things were needed to be useful in the soil, all that sort of thing. And to set out warnings and stuff and I I thought to myself oh well that has really great application I think that has application in this area or have you thought that that um, device that you have could be useful in waste management Um, or have you thought that that um, that that particular medical advice device that you've developed oh you know, have you? I know it's specific to that problem, but have you talked to such and such at the Brain Institute? I've met them just recently, and that device would be interesting to see if it had application in that. Um, you know, and it's but it's also down to having conversations with people that may have been a couple of years ago, but retaining important parts of that conversation, and then you meet say a charity or you meet some form of non-government organization or something like that and you remember the conversation you had with a business person ages ago and you think ah i need to put these people in contact with that business person because i reckon this will really resonate with them and i think they will um really appreciate the introduction and 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 use their talents and abilities to support that organization um, in some way and it doesn't always have to be monetary it can be with their talents and their abilities and helping so that's what I I and look even just being at a networking event meeting people that you have never met before going around the room meeting people you have never met before really working out who are you trying to sort of say or what do you do and really sort of taking it in and thinking hey I just met that other person on the other side of the room who does this that and the Mm. other oh you need to come and meet this person (laughs) come with me and and introduce them and I feel like I've had a successful networking event not necessarily if I've made contact with a whole lot of people myself to benefit me, but mm. if I've facilitated introductions in the room and thought, and and many a time I'll get feedback from someone and say, thank you so much for that introduction because that's led to this or I've just got a new customer or, you know, da, 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 da. And so, and I actually really enjoy that sort of thing, but uh you know, it's it. It's also um, having that um, as a, you know, you you actually want to do it. Having that as an aim at the event. It's not about who I can connect with, mm. but I've just realised I should really try and connect you with that other person on the other side of the room. That if I don't drag you over there or encourage mm. you to come over <laughs> and do the introduction. And say, oh, and this person does this and they're involved in this, that and the other. And then you you get them tweaking. You say, I actually think there's synergies between what you two do. Mm. I think what sort of elevates this gift as something that's really unique to you is, you know, you're sort of describing like, you know, you hear about one kind of business idea and then perhaps maybe some technology that you think there'd be, um, you know, a great connection there. But actually you're taking it a step further where it's actually not just about the usefulness of connecting those two technical concepts. You're connecting people at the end of the day. When did you realise this was a gift? And also did you 
did you recognize straight away that it actually was about the people connections or were you kind of originally like oh I just think I'm good at like retaining information like oh that technology would benefit that business that kind of thing I think it all started when I was forced into um corporate events networking events and having to force myself into it um you know turning up knowing no one and having Mm. to you know inverted commas work the room and not stand like a wallflower and I think you know because I thought well I'm wasting my time here if I don't make some form of connections myself so it started Mm. off myself wanting to make connections mm-hmm. and thinking uh, you know this is really daunting it's daunting for anybody and if you don't know people in the room the other thing is to also look around and see who who else feels a little awkward because I bet you there's they would appreciate someone just barreling up to them and starting to <laughs> talk. and and that's what I used to do first off you know, because I felt so daunted in a room full of people. You'd turn up networking event, some sort of business event. It's a cocktail event and you're all awkwardly standing. You think, oh, please, just give me something to put in my hand and walk around and you think, okay, I've got my little pocket full of business cards, etc. cetera. And you, you think to yourself, how daunting is this? And then you see someone else and you sort of just pick up, well, it's daunting for them too. I'm going to go and chat them and then and then there'll be two of us who are less daunted and let's just hit the room and we're going to chat to people and we'll just just start searching out and getting to know people and it started off wanting to make the connections myself and then realizing that um I uh, it, it made me less anxious if I sort of sought connections myself and then kept trying to find connections and then I thought okay so that's made me less anxious and I've made connections myself but actually this is this is really rewarding in introducing people to other people and and just making it a really you know successful event networking event even though it's not my own event yeah um I think sometimes particularly as women, it can take us a little while to realise that some aspect of ourselves is in fact a gift. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we just think, oh, everyone can do that. But actually if we, you know, it might come, you might end up having a chat with, you know, girlfriends and then they're like, oh, no, 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 that's unique to you. Like when you first started sort of realising that this was something that you were good at, and you sort of started developing it, like, did you always see it as, like, something unique to you or did it take you a little bit of time to realise that this was actually something special? Uh, It's only, I I think, probably more recently that I've had other people tell me Mm -hmm. and say thank you or actually say they were inviting me specifically to an event or to something that they were having because that's what I helped to make happen Mm. and so you then realize that you're you're coming to something um and it's not all about you you're being invited to something and it's because someone else has seen in you um uh lisa will help break the ice lisa will help connect people i'm going to be running around on stage or something speaking or doing this or doing that and running the event but um if i give lisa that job in the room Mm. um i know it's going to happen and it'll be successful and that's only happened more recently that that people have told me this and I thought, oh, well, that's nice to know. Is it important to you that other people recognise your gifts? No. It was just, it was um, interesting 
to have someone say it to me so that I then thought, oh, well, if, you know, well, then um, I, I should make sure I do that even more. But yeah. it, it was just nice to know. It was nice to know. It's just something mm. that I everybody can do. Um, but I suppose it um, a lot of people don't necessarily look at it as the huge benefit that it can have to others and maybe they're there focusing on themselves or just you know just a little intimidated whereas mm -hmm. for me when I'm anxious and nervous and and feeling a bit daunted I just talk and I talk a lot and I want to meet people <laughs> and I want to keep talking because that makes me less anxious and mm -hmm. I enjoy myself more I actually enjoy um being being wherever I am it can be a boardroom it can be you know all sorts of things you know you could just be going to some sort of club meeting or board meeting or something like that and you know you can just sit there and participate or you can make it a really enjoyable rewarding experience all around something I've been thinking about um a lot recently and I think connects to this quite well actually is giving myself permission to go and put my gifts my personal gifts out into the world what do you think about that like you don't feel like you need other people to acknowledge your gifts for you to be able to you know put them into practice does that mean that you are happy giving yourself permission to do that I think it's a lot easier if you think that people appreciate it. But, yeah, I, I don't need other people to give me permission. And I think if, particularly if it's something that does benefit others, why would you not? Mm. Who, who needs permission to do that? Just go go forth um, and do it because some, some people may not appreciate it. Some people will. Mm-hmm. Not everybody um, values what you have to offer, but that doesn't mean it's any less valuable. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Have you always had the confidence to, to do that? Because I think also tied in with giving yourself permission, there is sort of like a level of confidence needed or at least kind of taking the plunge even if you don't have the confidence um yeah would you say that you've always had confidence to do that I've always been very anxious in um big social settings in the past really anxious and um really having to put myself out there like I said it all started because I just thought oh this is going to be an absolute fizzer if I don't force myself to start talking to people, I don't <laughs> want to. This is horrendous. Why did I ever think that coming to this event or coming to this networking opportunity or, you know, was 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 a good idea? I'd much prefer to be home and hiding away. But you just think, well, I'm here. Let's not, you know, life's too short. Let's not waste this opportunity and get out there. And it's, and it's, it can be terrifying. But then I realised that once I actually started doing that, it made it far less less daunting. And look, people don't necessarily always appreciate being sort of introduced to someone here or introduced to someone mm. there. They might mm. sort of say, oh, no, now I'm going to be asked to do this or now I'm going to be asked to do something or <laughs> I really just wanted to come here and listen to the speakers. Do I have to sort of, you know, they could be a bit shy and what have you. You just have to pick up on that and then mm -hmm. leave them be. You know, you don't force it upon them, but, you know, you just stay receptive and you can usually pick up the little cues in people and mm. you know, you 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 real you can you can realize whether they're appreciative or whether they find you an intrusion, you know, mm -hmm. all that sort of thing. So, you know, 
I'm just here as someone's plus one. I don't want to mix and mingle. I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to hear your pearls of wisdom and all that. Sort of thing. You just pick up on that and you move on and you don't take offense. Never take offense. Yeah. Would you agree that the confidence has grown because you put yourself out of your comfort zone? Absolutely. You know, um, I've got friends that won't go to anything unless they have someone with them and they've got to have someone close with them to the point where yeah. they will drive to your house just so they will be in the car with you arriving at the same time at an event. Heaven forbid if you don't have a little posse of friends to arrive with. Whereas mm -hmm. I'll just rock on in and just think, okay, where's the opportunities to chat to people here? It eventually becomes quite enjoyable. You know, I love meeting people. It becomes very enjoyable. And so you don't find those sorts of opportunities that come your way um, daunting anymore. Mm. I love that, like, this gift that is probably, you know, from my point of view is, like, one of your greatest gifts in life has actually come from something that was terrifying at the beginning and push you out of your comfort zone i think that you know for everyone listening there's definitely a nugget of wisdom there <laughs> <laughs> well it was like and it, it didn't happen overnight yeah it did not happen overnight it takes time and experience yeah and you know i just think of sound of music i have confidence you know mm. i just have to keep saying that sometimes you know if uh, a few things are getting you down just uh, you don't you don't constantly have you're not sort of inoculated to having insecure moments okay mm. just because you've done it a lot of times you know there are mm. times even now where I just think oh why did I say yes to this or why did I buy a ticket to this and um you know and why am I why did I put myself in this situation and um, then you get there and you just, you know, you just go, right, opportunities here. Move on. Mm. Let's do it. But um, you do feel anxious. You feel terribly anxious, but less anxious than the beginning. Mm. And you know what you have to do. You know what to do to get rid of that anxiety and make it, enjoyable and beneficial for yourself and others mm. i want to talk about your second gift now which i think is is actually i think it goes hand in hand with the first one actually so you've described it as facilitating productive brainstorm sessions so can you describe that for me i i love sitting down and um in any sort of um situation and just really trying to brainstorm solutions or ideas or something that's out of the box and and I think you're right I think it does come from being able to sort of meet and connect to people and be able to connect people to other things in the business groups that I'm involved in I meet a lot of startups and I make a point of chatting to them connecting with them before they give a presentation or a pitch and then I make a beeline for them and just and and really want to talk to them about a few things and I find that they then say can we get together for coffee can we mm -hmm. have a chat can I organize a coffee with you um, with my colleague and things like that or would you like to come to our office for some afternoon tea and a bit of a chat and it is always brainstorming sessions you know what where, where can you grow your customer base how can you grow your customer base have you thought of connecting with people in you know education or in colleges or in this or that you know so many people keep themselves in their their work bubble their home life bubble, their family bubble, and they don't just burst those bubbles and and experience a whole range of things and get to know people from a whole range of backgrounds and and careers and 
<clears throat> all that sort of thing if you don't do that then then you're only useful in that bubble in those bubbles and i think maybe because of you know uh, opportunities and also being forced into it through you know different roles in the past i've um definitely outside that bubble and because of that when you're brainstorming with someone and mm. i'm not the one doing the brainstorming i'm i'm helping them but you're the facilitator yeah i'm like you know think about this think about that you know a lot of people who have um particularly startups they've honed in so much on a particular problem to solve and that particular sort of area is their only customer they're focusing on they mm. they sort of haven't allowed themselves to expand that bubble or burst that bubble and start really thinking about the broader community and the broader customer base and how the solution you found for that actually is a solution for a whole lot of different arenas mm. and so it's it's just a way of um facilitating people in all works of life thinking outside the box something i'm really curious about um in all of the conversations i'm having with women for this podcast and it sort of stems from me thinking a lot about my own personal gifts and what I've realised is there's actually like a lot of clues um, from my childhood and what I enjoyed doing as a kid. When I've got that context, it puts what I do now into, it just kind of makes a lot of sense. It's just like, oh, well, duh. I'm really curious to know, like, with with this gift of like, you know, not just being able to come up with, you know, different and interesting ideas and connections and problem solving, but your your gift is, again, sort of elevated to being a facilitator of those discussions and sort of, I would, I would sort of use the turn of phrase, like making a space for people to, you know, feel like they can be, creative no ideas bad idea um and also it sounds like kind of bringing that you're kind of drawing that creativity out of people and in fact potentially drawing out their gifts as well do you feel like and you may not have even thought about this before but do you feel like there are any clues from your childhood was this something that you've always done no but i have seen others do it my mother was the person who everyone wanted with them at a social mm -hmm. event, mm -hmm. including my father, but her friends and everyone. And I think what really um, influenced me the most was um, mum, my mum had um, a brain injury from a stroke when she was in her late 30s and so it really affected her from a mental health point of view so she had mm. an acquired brain injury um, acquired mental health problem but the bravery of that woman in not wanting to hide at home knowing she had the problem even knowing when she was spiralling but still wanting to go out and chat to everybody and she would introduce people and, and she was that person that would help others that she knew particularly that were her friends or acquaintances and things go and and, in, and enjoy being out and just you know jump at life but just be brave and don't say no don't hide at home always wanting to go out put on her best hat off she'd go and she'd be at a flash event 
in her in her you know pink scarf and what have you and she'd be she'd be there going now i'm a little unsound i'm a little <laughs> unsound but you know and then just continue to have a wow of a time and people would just go yes sweetheart yes lady you are very unsound but <laughs> you know just <laughs> loving your company really loving your company and and just go at life with with gusto life's too short to hide away waste opportunities all that sort of thing you still got to go at it with gusto um so i think that probably was what i saw in the past we might all want to hide away and i think when she first had the brain injury you know we could all be forgiven for just wanting to be in our little home cocoon and not go out and not invite anyone mm. over mm. but her attitude to being a little unsound and sometimes <laughs> quite quite impressively unsound her <laughs> attitude made us feel like oh well whatever I'll still invite my friends over for the weekend. We'll have a sleepover. Mum's really not well, mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but come over and we'll have a sleepover or, you know, and all that sort of thing. And, and, and no one was really phased by it. And it meant that we could still be very social and still be very connected and, so I think that was that was probably something from my youth that was a, a, a great example. It doesn't matter what challenges you've had. It doesn't matter what brick walls you've been beating your head against. It doesn't matter that you are not the most successful person in the room. You do have something to offer you have every right to be there and want to gain some benefit from being in that in that meeting being in that boardroom being at that networking event mm, i guess again it's like it's giving yourself permission it is and just you know um but i i also think it's just not allowing things to to stop you don't be caught up in what you feel are your either fat, not failings, but don't get caught up in not being the smartest person in the room, not being the most intelligent, not being the most gifted, not being the most anything in the room. Don't get caught up in that and don't go, you know, um, a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome. Mm. Um and I, I, I feel so sad for people who, who think that because I think they're doing it to themselves rather than other people doing it to them in that absolutely nobody's perfect at anything. Mm. Who out there is fabulous at anything? Give yourself permission to be not fabulous, you know, mm. not perfect. Give yourself permission to um just be human and mm. and not feel like you know you know i've gone to things where everybody's got a phd or you know some hampton's house and all sorts of things and i think you know you think yeah i've not got any of what you've all got but um you know i've got other things mm. i guess it's like your gifts are always valuable, and it, but it's about seeing that value within yourself. And then, you know, again, like using grandma as an example, you know, no one was going to give her permission. She, well, I mean, she just didn't need it. She went and gave it to herself to go and take her, you know, her gifts out into the world. You know, she didn't need permission to do that. She just went and did it rather than on focusing on things that maybe other people might have thought of as a barrier. That's exactly right. That is exactly mm -hmm. right. Once you sort of 
um, get over those inhibitions once you allow yourself to be wonderfully imperfect mm -hmm. you know you can go at things with gusto and you find what talents you have that other people don't mm. and also you will start to see in yourself what other people see and you haven't absolutely so your third gift you have described as putting the brakes on any guilt tripping what do you mean by guilt tripping and putting brakes on it i think particularly women are weighed down in so many ways by what i class as guilt and it can mm -hmm. be all sorts of things someone asked me i think it was around international women's day and someone asked me once what do you think is the biggest impediment to women sort of you know getting ahead and all this sort of thing mm. or uh, you know women and succeeding and it just came out I said oh their guilt mm. and they sort of looked at me like what do you mean I said look you know I got to a stage in my life where I was sick and tired of feeling guilty for working too much feeling mm -hmm. guilty for not working enough, feeling guilty for enjoying being part-time and spending time at home being a part-time stay-at-home mum, feeling guilty that I wasn't a full-time stay-at-home mum, feeling mm. guilty that I wasn't cooking the most amazing <laughs> um, meals every night, um, you know, uh, feel guilty you're not making your own bread what have you um feel guilty that you know for the chocolate bar that you've wolfed down on the way home from work you know you feel guilty that you don't see your parents as often as you should you feel guilty that you know you you aren't at absolutely every event at your child's school day you feel guilty about all those things you feel guilty that you know you've you're you're not wanting to start work till nine o'clock so that you can drop your kids off at school so you feel so guilty you don't stop for lunch you feel so guilty you don't accept um invitations to long networking lunches during the day because you feel you have to sit at your desk because you know you feel you would feel guilty have you ever met any of these absolutely sort of full-on networking gentlemen out there in the workforce <laughs> that feel guilty about a three-hour lunch absolutely they not <laughs> they don't feel guilty about you know it's mm. so once I actually let myself off the hook once I actually um let myself stop feeling guilty about things I started to think about what is important to focus on there are times where you actually will feel guilty because you haven't focused on what's really important. What's really important is not the meal you put on the table. Mm. It's the curling on the couch afterwards and really connecting with your family. Mm -hmm. I mean, what good is it that they have this amazing meal if you haven't had a moment to breathe, mm. to stop, mm. to enjoy, to chat, so yeah, grab a grab a, a, a ready-made roast chicken and throw throw a lettuce together, like chicken and salad, but actually enjoy each other's company, and curl mm. up on the couch and and chat. Um, realize that you know your the hours your focus at work is is fantastic, and you're a you know, don't feel guilty about taking that breather to have a half hour or hour lunch and just escape so that you can actually come back in the afternoon and you're on fire. Mm. Don't feel guilty about going to a three-hour networking lunch because you've connected with everybody in the room and it's going to have benefits at some stage, you know, you, mm. and you don't know those benefits. So I think if women stop feeling guilty about every little thing, they'll actually allow themselves 
those moments to do the things that are important, really important. But also if, you know, if you're feeling guilty about everything, you can't even take the time to reflect for yourself and realise what is important to you. You just kind of take in all these external factors that are saying this should be important, this should be important without thinking what's important to you. And it's about leading by example as well. I think it's something that I actually, I'll bring up with anyone and everyone, particularly women in the in the workforce, because that's, it's what they do to themselves. And, um, and I will just constantly, constantly sort of um, reinforce to them, stop feeling guilty about everything. Just do it. Mm. Absolutely do, you know just realize the importance um and and you know go and do it go yeah. to that business breakfast you know and, and the other things are go to your medical appointments don't feel guilty mm-hmm. about taking time off in a work day to go to your medical appointments and you know your kids don't remember that you know, the meals that you've put on the table necessarily. They'll remember the special ones, but they don't remember all of that. They will remember that you may not have been the first mum in the pickup zone, but you did eventually come. Usually mm. last. But and you weren't at every single sports event or every single assembly or every single thing, but you made a point of focusing on the important ones to be at Mm. and you may be working from home or working in the office but when you get home they'll remember that you had you gave them your undivided attention even if it was just for half an hour it was just I just want to hear everything about your day I want to hear everything about you and we're going to just do that and I'm just going to throw a chicken and salad together and let's just keep talking they'll remember that Hmm. I think um, I think a lot of the guilt that women feel is produced by external factors and the kind of system and society that we're sort of raised in. But I think one thing that individual women can have control over is, again, going back to what we've been discussing, which is you can give yourself permission. And I think what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, in terms of this gift that you have, it's about, as you say, leading by example in the hope that by seeing you give yourself permission, other women can sort of say, okay, I I feel like I've had that encouragement that I can give myself permission as well. Yeah. I also won't allow other people to make me feel guilty. And, you know, it's usually the people that feel guilty themselves that encourage a bit of a guilt trip in others. Yeah, it just turns into a vicious circle. It does. And I, I, I think that's unfortunate, but I, and I, I just do not accept it. I won't have anyone make me feel guilty for working. I won't have anyone make me feel guilty for you know, not working enough hours that they think I should have worked or, I, you know, because I've always got the job done and I don't, uh, I don't allow myself um, to feel guilty saying no. Mm. When I did have the guilt in saying no, when I was constantly saying yes, 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 and feeling like I had to say yes all the time and didn't give any pushback, Um, the only person suffering was me, and no one suffered untoward when I said no. Mm. Once I allowed myself to stop feeling guilty about saying no to something and drawing the line at something, you know, it was very liberating then you can actually focus on the important things. You can't say yes to everything and you can't feel guilty for saying no. I see too many women, particularly young women out there, 
just accepting everything that's being thrown on their desk, thrown their way, just accepting it, accepting it and not get giving a little pushback. And I will, if I see that, I constantly, constantly am, am, am telling them, push back. You're allowed to push back. Mm. I'm in a Zonta club. We have a great, great group of um, professional women in this, in our own local Zonta club. I can't tell you how bad they all feel. We're a big bunch of volunteers, but they just... They're beating themselves up because they're not doing as much as someone else in the group is doing. Or I'm so sorry, I've I've I didn't come to the last meeting. I said, sweetheart, this is a volunteer group. There is no <laughs> you can't come to meetings because you've got other things on. You can't come to meetings. Guess what? There's going to come a time where I'm not going to come to a meeting, and I actually am president of the club. Guess what? The well doesn't implode. <laughs> the well won't implode. Someone yeah. else will chair the meeting and everything's going yeah. to be fine. And so, yeah. you know, others will say, oh, I haven't been able to, you know, get as much raffle prizes as someone else and all this sort of thing. But, you know, and I just go, we're all doing our bit. This is a no guilt club, okay? Mm. You do whatever you can do. And mm. I just, I can't, I can't understand how for a bunch of volunteers they're beating themselves up it's it's not fair and and that, yeah. that's the one thing i'm doing it's like no we're all going to enjoy this journey helping charities that support women we're all going to enjoy it so that we we don't sort of feel that we're not doing as much as we should and we drop out mm -hmm. so to kind of wrap up everything that we've been chatting about today, you and I recently have, have also talked a bit about not just gifts and how we want to put those into action in our lives, but I would say also we've been talking about life purpose. So I'd love to know these three gifts that we've talked about today. How do you see them tying into what you consider to be your purpose or maybe even to kind of phrase it differently are these what give you purpose how do these gifts fit into what purpose means for you and how you then apply that to your life I think it just it helps um for one thing I I don't feel like I've just sort of uh gone through life and oh you know what have I done and you know oh, the years have just gone by and you know I can mm. you, you look back and you just sort of think of the people you've connected to and and um and you know the the initiatives that you've been involved in and they're not all work initiatives they're some of the most rewarding have been the volunteering type initiatives that um, we're, we're involved in. And that's because we've found um, opportunities for that through the connections that we've made. And um, I don't know about um, purpose as such, but it's, uh, it's about sort of, you know what, I was here. I was here. I connected with people. It wasn't about um, all these different sort of, you know, achievements as such. It was about the connections. And, you know, and and I I don't think I can look, I'm, I'm pleased to say I don't think I can, I'm looking back on any wasted opportunities. Mm. And how does it feel looking ahead? knowing that you have gone on this journey, you have discovered some of your gifts and you're, you know, continuously working on them and growing them and and also making an effort for other people to benefit from them. How does that make you feel about, you know, the next chapter of your life? Well, I want the next chapter of my life not to be short that's for sure and <laughs> I would like um 
I, I look upon the next chapter with excitement because I'm excited at the opportunities of making connections with new people, young people, um, and I'm I'm looking at new ways and opening new doors and not scared of it. So I, you know, jump into opportunities, whether they're business opportunities, new learning opportunities, and just new connection opportunities. I'm pleased to say that the anxiety is well and truly wearing off and mm. I'm well and truly happy to dive into things knowing that my efforts will be wonderfully imperfect but it will be an enjoyable and learning experience and it's always an opportunity to connect with new people. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Topmast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts.